0: Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. It's no surprise to any of you that I am a big fan of the wide range of folk music and Americana performers but it is a surprise to me that having lent my ear to so very many such performers for five decades, I still stumble onto more fine artists of whom I'd never heard. One such is my guest for today's show, Steve Suffet. Steve's name came up while I was talking to Pat LaManna, and you can find my Song of the Soul visit with Pat easily on Nordenspiritradio.org, and you'll be happy you did which started my exploration of Steve Soffit and the seven CDs he has listed on CD Baby. Happily, when I reached out to Steve, I found out that this 100% authentic, old-fashioned folk singer was willing to join us today via phone from New York City. Steve, I'm so grateful you could be here today for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you very much. And which part of New York City are you in?
1: I'm in the western part of the borough of Queens, in a neighborhood called Sunnyside. So I'm pretty close to Midtown Manhattan, even though I'm not in it.
0: Are you a lifelong New Yorker?
1: Almost a lifelong New Yorker. I've, I, I was born in the borough of Brooklyn. But when I was about five years old, we, meaning my family, moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. I guess I said that right, Ohio. And we lived there for about a year. Then we lived in Rochester, New York for another year. And then we returned to New York City.
0: So basically, by the age of seven, you're back?
1: By age of seven, 1954, I was back in New York City, and I've been here ever since.
0: According to my calculations, Steve, you must have turned 13 in about 1960. That's and, correct. And so most people today think of the folk music scene really starting in the early 60s. 60, I guess 62, 63, Bob Dylan's on the scene, right?
1: Yeah, I think he came to New York in 61, and, and John Baez was there a little bit earlier.
0: So you got into it at the age of 13. You scrape up a few dollars and you get a guitar, right? And then you start performing everybody else's songs? When did you start writing your own, Steve?
1: Well, I think around 1964, I had this girlfriend, I won't mention her last name, her first name is Roberta, and I don't want to embarrass her.
0: Oh, Roberta, yeah.
1: Okay, and so what happens with Roberta is she lived in Jamaica, Queens with her parents, and then they moved from New York City to the suburbs of Washington, D.C. I think her father had some government jobs, so I wrote a song called Farewell, Roberta. (laughs) <laughs> it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try to sing. It was really awful. But now, having said that, I actually was writing songs a little bit earlier because when I was in junior high school, I guess about seventh grade, we had to do an American history project where we worked in little committees and little teams, and we had to put on a skit telling some story that we were assigned in American history. And the the story we were assigned was something to me was, a, in retrospect, a fairly insignificant Bacon's Rebellion. This was in colonial Virginia in the 17th century. What happened is the settlers who were out on the frontier were complaining that the planters and their government, I guess it was in colonial Williamsburg in those days or wherever the capital was, was not paying any attention to them and they were being attacked by the Indians on the frontier and the colonial militia wasn't being sent out to help them. So they had a march on the House of Burgess, and a little bit of a nasty affair. I think a few shots were exchanged or whatever, and it, not terribly significant, but it was the first armed rebellion against British authority in the American colonies, by the colonists. Five or six of us, all boys, had to do a report on it. So I suggested that we do a musical comedy as opposed (laughs) to just a play. And I sat down, and I started writing things like Oh Virginia, we we're living out on the frontier Where the Indians scalp us The governor don't help us Doesn't anybody know that we are here? I, I wrote a whole series of songs for our little skit. They, they weren't very long. They were just little introductions to songs. And the, the teacher didn't like it. She thought we were making fun of her assignment.
0: Oh, really? That's...
1: Yeah, that's she, she, did, sorry. she wanted us to do a play, but she did not think that Bacon's Rebellion was suitable as a musical comedy. So I guess that was my first songwriting experience. All parodies to uh, songs from Broadway plays.
0: (laughs) It got panned by the critics right away. The only
1: critic that counted. (laughs) And so, yeah, I guess the first time I actually tried to write a song as a singer-songwriter was uh, when Roberta and her family moved from Jamaica, Queens, to Falls Church, Virginia, and I wrote Farewell, Roberta, But uh, yeah, now I'm trying to think the next time I started writing songs, 1965, 66, certainly by 1967 or 68, I had a couple of songs published in Broadside, anti-war songs, and topical political things, a little bit better in the quality and and maybe much more serious theme, I guess I'll I'll say serious uh, with uh, quotes around it. But I've never thought of myself as much of a songwriter, even though about a third of the songs I do, I write. I sing a lot of traditional songs, and I sing songs that other people wrote. Maybe about a third of my repertoire is that, and traditional songs, and maybe a little over a third, maybe 40% uh, songs that I wrote myself, always in traditional styles.
0: Well, maybe we can concentrate. I think your choice is to concentrate on songs that you've actually written for today's Song of the Soul. So how about getting us started? What's first from Steve Suffett?
1: The October Waltz was a song that I wrote about 10 years ago. It's just the story about how my wife and I met. And it's uh, basically a straightforward narrative. I wrote it because I wanted to write a country waltz. And so it tells the story about how my uh, wife and I met in 1968, October 30th to be exact, at the Washington Square Methodist Church in New York City, and a Wednesday night dinner they were having there. And if you're wondering why uh, two secular Jews meet in a Methodist church, it's a long story, but suffice to say it had something to do with the uh, Vietnam anti-war movement.
0: Well, and food, right?
1: <laughs> and, and food, yeah, and, 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 and food. The uh, War Resistance League in those days had a, uh, an organizing method was to have this dinner at the Washington Square Methodist Church, and the, the church is no longer there. The congregation folded, and they sold the church building to some developer, so it's all high-priced luxury condominiums now.
0: Well, Steve Suffett is here today for Song of the Soul. Here's his first song, The October Waltz.
2: Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, waltz me around the floor. Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, the October waltz once more. The October waltz once more. Was a cold October, not in the city, the year was 68. I was tired and poor and you look so pretty the moment you walk through the gate. The The moment moment you walk walk through the the gate. Was a Methodist church a Wednesday night dinner? That church isn't there anymore. You are the saint who rescued the sinner the moment you walk through the door. The moment you walk through the door. Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, waltz me around the floor. Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, the October waltz once more. The October waltz once more. Was it fate or good fortune that brought us together, or were you there by design? That mystery, magic, I'll always remember the moment your eyes met mine. The moment your eyes met mine. We got married next summer in a garden of flowers to the sound of a sweet fiddle tune. And we danced round and round in that garden for hours to the October waltz in June. To the October waltz in June. Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, waltz me around the floor. Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, the October waltz once more. The October walks once more. It's been 40 years since that night in October I think of that night now and then While we still go dancing over and over To the October waltz once again To the October waltz once again Dance Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me Waltz me around the floor Dance with me, dance with me, dance with me, dance with me. The October waltz once more,
0: the October waltz once more. October waltz by Steve Suffett for today's Song of the Soul. It's from his CD, Old Fashioned Folk Singer.
1: The CD it was originally in was called The Low Rent District. Old Fashioned Folk Singer is a digital compilation of songs that I released, mostly that I released previously.
0: Okay. Well, I'm assuming your first recordings were actually LPs, right?
1: No, uh, my first recordings that were actually released anywhere were CDs, uh, 2005.
0: So you waited all those years. That's
1: correct. I uh, never got around to it.
0: Let's keep on going for your music. What do you care to share next for Song of the Soul?
1: I'll do the Evergreen Line. The Evergreen Line runs, or it ran at street level through the borough of Brooklyn, starting at a place called Bushwick Terminal. It used to be a freight terminal. It's it's still there, but it's just some loading docks now. There's no longer a building. And that was at one end. The other end of it was in Ridgewood, Queens, just outside the Cemetery of the Evergreens, where it connected with the Bay Ridge Railway. Now, this was a two-mile-long industrial railway that ran at street level, what rail fans call grade level, and it ran for 111 years until it was taken out of service in 1984. And there were places where the tracks were just simply covered with asphalt and they break through the pavement in quite a few places. So you can go walking around some of the streets in Brooklyn and see the remains of the tracks. Uh, The reason I wrote this song is I simply wanted to write a a train song. I wrote a couple of train songs, but I just figured, uh, let me write a song about a train that's here in New York City. And even though it's only two miles long, it played an important role for a a while, basically serving the businesses, the the warehouses, and the shops in the area, and the lumber yards, and scrap yards, and so on. But what happened with the Evergreen line, the Evergreen branch, is that it just didn't have any customers at the end. So by that time, it was owned by the Long Island Railroad, and they just shut it down. And there are a lot of train songs. Not many are about a railroad that's just two miles long.
0: Well, and it's not that long a song because it's only got to cover two miles.
1: (laughs) The song I think is longer (laughs) than the rail.
0: (laughs) Well, it is The Evergreen Line by Steve Soffit here today for Song of the Soul.
1: By the
2: dim and flaring lights of a place called Wyckoff Heights, I was born in 1889. As a boy I heard the sound of the iron drive wheels pound And the whistle on the evergreen line Cooper Junction is a mile straight ahead Bushwick Depot is a mile just behind In the early morning sun on a cemetery run rolling down the evergreen line Old Reuben had a train Ran from Georgia to Maine But Reuben's train ain't the same as mine The short line in this song Is just two miles long rolling down the evergreen line Cooper Junction is a mile straight ahead Bushwick Depot is a mile just behind In the early morning sun On a cemetery run Rolling down the evergreen line First the Dutchmen came And they left behind their name The Germans and Swedes They came in time This train was nearly gone When they came here from San Juan A vestige of the evergreen line Cooper Junction is a mile straight ahead. Bushwick Depot is a mile just behind. In the early morning sun, on a cemetery run, rolling down the evergreen line. For all who paid the price, this train hauled blocks of ice, lumber and lead and turpentine. It hauled away the trash, the salvage and the ash, the payload on the evergreen line. Cooper Junction is a mile straight ahead. Bushwick Depot is a mile just behind. In the early morning sun, on a cemetery run, rolling down the evergreen line. I recall the somber morn when I heard the mournful horn Blowing through the cemetery pine And everybody knew from the way the whistle blew A funeral train was coming down the line Cooper Junction is a mile straight ahead Bushwick Depot is a mile just behind In the early morning sun On a cemetery run Rolling down the evergreen line Through the buckling pavement cracks You still can see the tracks Of the train I knew when I was in my prime And when my time has come You can bring my body home Rolling down the evergreen line Cooper Junction is a mile straight ahead, Bushwick Depot is a mile just behind, in the early morning sun, on a cemetery run, rolling down the evergreen line, Cooper Junction is a mile straight ahead, Bushwick Depot is a mile just behind, In the early morning sun, on a cemetery run, rolling down the evergreen line.
0: That song, The Evergreen Line, was recorded by Steve Soffit. It was released back in 2013 on Folk Singer's Fancy, and it featured also Ann Price, who you performed with a fair amount as well, right?
1: Yeah, Anne is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for uh, 20-some-odd years, and also one of these New York City folk singers who really deserves a lot more attention than she's ever gotten. She's also a great artist, a wonderful painter. She's at art exhibits. The two of us, we've traveled together sometimes and sang together, and uh, not so much anymore for whatever reason. Uh, She doesn't have the time available, and Unlike my wife and I, she has a grandchild and she spends a lot of time
0: babysitting. <laughs> Makes a difference. We've got seven of them.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, so you, uh, you understand that. Anne and I still sing occasionally. And really, really a wonderful uh, performer and much more talented than I am. Even though I know more about music theory, she actually knows more about music. <laughs> That's the best way of putting it.
0: And on that collection of songs called Folk Singers Fancy, eight of the 18 tracks feature Anne, so she's obviously got a lot of talent to share with you.
1: I show up, I think, on one track on one of our albums (laughs) singing in the background. She's a much better singer than I am.
0: (laughs) Well, so you do bill yourself as, you know, I mean, you're an old-fashioned folk singer, which is to say that you're not trying to be on the stage before 40,000 people, right? What's your preferred venue for performing?
1: I like coffee houses. I like particularly the folk clubs in the United Kingdom. I go there fairly frequently, fairly frequently, once every year or two. I mean, it's <laughs> fairly frequent. I'll sing at the the folk clubs there sometimes as a guest performer uh, where I'm, I'm featured. And uh, I don't take any money because I, I don't want to go through the whole thing of applying for a work visa because if I did the cost of the work visa, it's not hard to get the, the it would be more than I could possibly be paid. So it's just easier to go as a tourist and be an an unpaid guest who does a 45-minute set. So I know a lot of opportunities there to do that. And I also like house concerts. Intimate setting. You don't have to get stuck behind a microphone and worry about amplifier or anything like that. Coffee houses here, folk clubs over on the other side of the Atlantic, and house concerts anywhere. Now... Having said that, I think that the largest audiences I ever performed before were several hundred people at a Jacob's Ladder Folk Festival in Israel in 2007.
0: Well, you know, the way I connected with you, Steve, was through Pat Lamana. I had told her that on October 5th, I'm going to have a bit of a celebration here my wife and my 25th anniversary and she turned 70 and I turned 65 and so we're celebrating all of that on October 5th and I said you know Pat you could drop by and she said well no I'm going to be with Steve Suffett over in London at that time.
1: <laughs> yeah hopefully that'll work out I'll have to make sure that they figure out what's going on with my back and if all I need is physical therapy or a couple of epidural shots and that takes care of it I'll be fine but otherwise I don't know well, hopefully I'll make it there. Otherwise, she could, uh, I, I don't know, I guess pacifists don't say soldier on,
0: but <laughs> t- take care of business or whatever. Yeah. Well, Pat Lamana is really talented, wonderful. I've had her on Song of the Soul previously, and I just totally recommend that people come to Nordenspiritradio.org and check out my interview with Pat. You can find a link to com. Suffet is spelled S-U-F-F-E-T, Suffet, That's on Nordenspiritradio.org, along with all of my guests and interviews of the last 14 years. There's many hundreds of people, wonderful talents, and people doing good work in the world, all of that's on the website, connections to them, the stations where we're broadcast. You can comment on any of these programs, and I'd love to have you comment. Feedback is really valuable for us and recommendations. uh, Because Pat mentioned you, Steve, that's why I have you here. Oh, thank you. And it sounds to me like I should get a hold of Ann Price and connect up with her, see if she's interested in something.
1: You could go to... uh it's www.anprice, and with an e A-N-N-E T-R-I-C-E dot com. And from there, there's a button that you could click that says Contact
0: Us. Also on the NordenspiritRadio.org website, there is a Donate button. That's how this full time work is supported. It's not by government, it's not by corporations. It's because you, the listener, want to support it. Even more so, please support your local community radio stations. Community radio stations all across the U.S., some 40-plus, run our programs. And it's really important, not just for our program, but for all of the other wonderful folks, uh, the music and the insight, the world healing work that is broadcast on community radio that you won't get anywhere else, that you support your local community radio stations. So please start by supporting them. Again, Steve Suffett here. Let's go right on to another song, Steve.
1: Okay, how about, uh, can you hear that steam whistle blow?
0: Okay, so this is, of course, about a steam whistle. You mentioned that you wanted to do the evergreen line because you wanted to write a song about a train, and this is a different kind of a steam whistle.
1: This is the, uh, the disaster uh, warning at a uh, coal
0: mine. Since you're a New York City boy, does that mean you have seen this up firsthand? Have you ever been to a coal mine?
1: Actually, no. <laughs> I've been to mines, but not a working coal mine, and only is the toys that you take and so on. So, but there's a there's a little story behind this. This was a topical song in January two thousand six, January second to be exact. Thirteen men went to work at the coal mine in Sago, West Virginia, and there was a an explosion and a partial cave, and that trapped them and it, took two days for the rescuers to reach them. By that time, only one person was still alive. And a little later that month, January 2006, I went to the annual Winter Gathering of People's Music Network, which is an organization that Pat belongs to, and he belongs to also, as well as myself, and as well as my wife. And it's an organization of people who use music and other performing arts to promote progressive ideas and values, a lot of people are involved in various political movements, and one of the workshops I went to was one that was run by Paul Kaplan and J Mankita on songwriting, and we were supposed to start with any song that we were thinking of doing and just throw out what we had so far, and I mentioned the coal mine disaster, and I had a little piece of the song that I had started, and I, and I, I got feedback, some of it encouraging, and some specifics but not really much happened until the next summer when I took what I had and I sang it for my late friend Jean Ritchie, who is one of the giants of American traditional folk music. She didn't give me any specific suggestions. She gave me a general suggestion, which is if I'm doing a song about the Appalachian Mountains, try to think Appalachian, even though I'm putting myself into someone else's culture and someone else's mindset, and try to find the musical rhythms and the harmonies and the melodic phrasing and also look for the lyrics that might be appropriate to that setting. And that's what I did, and I I worked on the song for about a year until I was happy with it.
0: And now we're going to be happy with it as we listen to Steve Suffett's song Can You Hear That Steam Whistle Blow?
2: Can you hear that steam whistle blow? Can you hear that steam whistle blow? It's shrieking and it's crying, says there's trouble at the
3: mine.
2: Can you hear that steam whistle blow? Can you hear the little girl pray? Can you hear the little girl pray? Can you hear the little girl pray bring my daddy home today? Can you hear that steam whistle blow? Can you hear the mine rescue team? Can you hear the mine rescue team? Can you hear the rescue team listening for the miners' scream? Can you hear that steam whistle blow? Can you hear the trapped miners choke? Can you hear the trapped miners choke? Can you hear the miners choke on the fire, damp, and smoke? Can you hear that steam whistle blow? Can you hear the mine widow moan? Can you hear the mine widow moan? Can you hear the widow moan, gonna chill you to the bone? Can you hear that steam whistle blow? Can you hear the mine owners lie? Can you hear the mine owners lie? Can you hear the owner's lie while another twelve men die? Can you hear that steam whistle blow? Can you hear that steam whistle blow? Can you hear that steam whistle blow? It's shrieking and it's crying Says there's trouble at the mine Can you hear that steam whistle blow?
0: There's a lamentable number of songs about mining disasters. Even the Bee Gees have one, right? 1941, New York Mining Disaster, I think it's called. Anyway, so many people have written because there have been so many lives lost in such a dangerous trade. The song that I was
1: most familiar with before this, and it's from a different time in a different place, is Peggy Seeger's song, The Ballad of Spring Hill.
0: Yeah, the town of Spring Hill, Nova Scotia, down in yeah. the of a Cumberland mine. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's the song I occasionally do. Anyway, so this is kind of my own entry into the canon of mine
0: disaster songs. And if you're an old-fashioned folk singer, you have to have one of those songs, I'm pretty sure. Isn't it required in the Union book for folk singers that you've got to have a mining disaster song?
1: I don't know. I'm a member of the Union. Well, local <laughs> 1,000 of the American Federation of Musicians. I don't know the handbook, but they do have some things on their website. I didn't see it in there.
0: <laughs> well, let's keep going with some more of the wonderful music of Steve Suffett.
1: Well, let me do uh, Where's My Bagel and Locks. This was a song that a friend of mine, who's also a singer and songwriter, and he also produces a cable TV show called Songs of Freedom, my friend Joel Landy. What Joel and I did was we came up with a tune. Actually, I came up with a tune. And if you listen carefully, it's based on a hunting we will go, roughly. I won't tell you the words we originally had set to it, but they were... <laughs> There were some unkind comments about someone we knew, but it was a good tune, so I created that chorus, Where's My Bagel and Locks, and wrote a few verses, and then sent them to Joel, and he sent them back with more, and I sent him some, and before you knew it, we had, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, 70 verses, and we keep on writing them, well, Joel keeps on writing them, and now you wrote one someone wrote a parody called Where's My Hegel and Locke? Okay. <laughs> it was a philosophy student. <laughs> Having said that, we just did this for fun and uh, he's performed it, I've performed it, we've performed this at the New England Folk Festival and the Funny Song uh, Concert. It's the whole history of the human race from uh, creation to final judgment. Actually, we used both versions. We used both the biblical and the uh, Darwinian version. <laughs> don't have to take slides we run them there together and anyway it's it's just a song that's meant to be fun.
0: Okay, so we're not going to listen to all 50 verses of Where's My Bagel and Locks. We'll get in seven verses as we listen to this music performed by Steve Suffett.
2: In the distant Paleozoic, out from the ooze and slime, a creature walks upon dry land, it's evolution time. Survival of the fittest, adapt my greater die. And as he breathes primordial air, all creation hears his cry. Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox. Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox. Adam in the garden awakens from a dream. One of his ribs is missing. He's just about to scream when he notices someone beautiful, someone to share his life. And these are the very first words he utters to his wife. Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox. Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat I want my bagel and lox Moses sat the Red Sea His people in a bind Before them troubled waters Egyptians close behind He lifts his rod up skyward And then begins to pray Right now he needs a miracle But first you hear him say Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox. Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox. Socrates on trial for corrupting Athens youth. He's facing execution. For telling them the truth I teach them to ask questions He says in his defense Let me give you an example And his words they come out hence Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat I want my bagel and lox Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and and lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox. Joan of Arc rides into battle upon a great white steed. The whole French army follows this woman in the lead. Gonna drive out the invader and redeem their native land. Carefully they listen as she shouts out her command. Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat I want my bagel and lox Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat I want my bagel and lox The delusions they have landed Upon our swirling sphere Their leader emerges from their craft His voice is loud and clear He tells us they have come in peace And together we will grow But before we all can get along, there's one thing he must know. Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox. Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and and lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox. After the disaster that ends the human race, Humanity stands before its judge And they're meeting face to face Every man and every woman Everybody great and small hears the voice of their creator As he says to one and all Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat I want my bagel and lox Where's my bagel and lox? Where's my bagel and lox?
3: The
0: cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and locks. That was a paltry seven verses of the song, Where's My Bagel and Locks, by Steve Suffet. His website, stevesuffet.com Suffet is S-U-F-F-E-T dot com. Of course, the link's on org, so you don't have to worry about spelling. You just come via our site. And, as I said, it's just seven of the forty fifty verses, whatever you 've written, sixty, seventy, and because I read this, you know, Steve, I just emailed you a verse that I made up since i 'm Quaker. I figured you did you have a Quaker verse? no, I did not okay it 's about time you added one. <laughs> Any chance you would be willing to sing that verse that I just sent to you if you 'd be willing to do that, why don 't you pick up your guitar and see if you can do that?
1: Uh, back in Pennsylvania, the early Quakers came, a wild and rugged land, with peaceful means they tame. They had their food like oats for sure, John Cadbury's chocolate brought, and though they liked this Quaker food, above all they sought, where's my bagel and lox? Oh, uh, where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I ate. I want my bagel and lox. Where's my bagel and lox? Oh, where's my bagel and lox? The cause can wait until I eat. I want my bagel and lox.
0: What an excellent rendition of that verse. And I, just, <laughs> I, just, I have a feeling you and I could write some great songs together. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't know, by the way, that Quaker Oats is not a Quaker company. They just chose the name because Quakers are supposed to have integrity. So they said, well, let's make a name for our company that sounds like you could trust us.
1: I have... A musician, that, I don't know if you know, Lorcan Oswey from New York City, who's a Quaker, and he explained, he's not just a Quaker, he's from a particular branch called the Hicksites. I didn't know anything about this till he explained, but he said about integrity, he said that Quakers can have a way of telling the truth, with never telling a lie, and not quite telling the truth at the same time. <laughs> he gave an example, and he said this was the the classic one, That Quakers who hid slaves, uh, escaped slaves during the antebellum period, if someone questioned them and said, Are you hiding any slaves? And their answer would be, they'll find no slaves in this house.
0: Yes, right.
1: But, which could either mean, I do not consider people to be slaves, or I've hidden them so well, you're not going to find them.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's another way we do it. When someone is suggested, for instance, to be on a committee or for a position, and you, you think that it's like, you know, that's, that's crazy, that person. You don't say it that way. You still want to be considerate, thoughtful, peaceful Quaker, so you say, well, that's not a name that would have occurred to me, and (laughs) 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 understatement is good.
1: (laughs) Anyway, should we pick another
0: song? Yeah, sure, Uh, let's go on to another one. What are you eager to share next?
1: Well, I'll I'll share Low Rent District. This is a very short song, even though it's the title song of one of my CDs, and it's simply about urban gentrification. And uh, all I can say about it is I sang this once at the New England Folk Festival in Mansfield, Massachusetts, or was it in Natick, Massachusetts? It's moved around a little bit in the Boston area. And afterwards this I say young person, I've probably in his mid twenties, maybe even older, but probably not, said to me, Oh, you wrote a song about your father and I said, Yeah, yeah, sure, thank you. <laughs> But it has a chorus and a go-away, old man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that has to be your father, okay.
1: <laughs> of course, so the, the song pretty much speaks for itself. And when they talk about places like all, an all-night coffee shop where you could while away your time or a $1 movie house, those are real places I had in mind. And when I say, and where is Tony's Barbershop? It used to be on the street. I'm thinking of a real Tony's Barbershop, and then it was gone and in its place. Like Mr. Anthony's hair salon opened. <laughs>
0: The world has gone downhill, hasn't it? And
1: instead of $2 for a haircut, it was $25 for a haircut.
0: Yeah, well, we're laughing about it, but the Low Rent District and the people who made ends meet by using those kind of facilities are real. The song is Low Rent District. It's in the collection called Old Fashioned Folk Singer by Steve Suffett. It's also the title of a CD called Low Rent District. And here's Steve Suffet
2: where is the low rent district where are the tenement slums where can i find a cheap place to live i don't mind the winos and bums where can i find a cold water flat for 21 dollars a week where is the low rent district that is the housing i seek Go away, old man. Go away, old man. Go away, old man. Go away. Where is the all-night coffee shop? I'd right while away my time. I'm not naive enough to think coffee still costs a dime. But I don't want to pay up to four smackaroos for what they call a venti of Joe. Where is the all night coffee shop? That's where I want to go. Go away, old man, go away, old man, go away, old man, go away. Where is the one dollar movie house with gum stuck under the seat? And where is Tony's barber shop? It used to be on this street. And where can I find the land of the free and find the home of the brave? All I can see is the land of the rich, it's becoming the home of their slave. Go away, old man, go away, old man, go away, old man, go away. Go away, old man, go away, old man, go away, old man, go away.
0: There's way too much attitude of go away old man these days in our country for, for me. I mean, that was an attitude in days gone by from time to time, but it's gotten particularly bad. A view of everybody who's scraping to make ends meet is being some kind of a leech. It's, it's a sad world we're living in these days. And
1: it's not just in this country. I've, I've sung this song over in the UK and everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Like, I think of uh, Ralph McTell's song, Streets of London, and all the places that he's mentioning now, uh, an apartment there would probably cost you uh, (laughs) two million pounds (laughs) in all the poor neighborhoods. There aren't any poor neighborhoods
0: left. You mentioned, Steve, speaking of low-rent district and so on, that you did not make your living for all of these years as the folk singer that you are.
1: Never made a living at it at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so what was your day job? My
1: day job is I was a public school teacher. I was a special education teacher, first in middle schools and then in high schools. Then I was a teacher trainer, and then I was special education supervisor.
0: And that can be a really demanding job, particularly as a teacher. I don't know, maybe administrator as well, but that doesn't really leave you time to tour. Have you ever done an extended tour of any sort? No.
1: I've occasionally gone over to the U.K. for two weeks and done a, a series of unpaid gigs. I've, aside from that, the only tours I've ever taken are two nights out. I remember once I was performed in uh, Annapolis, Maryland one night, and then the next night I was in Richmond, Virginia, and then the next night I was back home. So that's about the longest tours I've done. I've, uh, I've also done a couple up in New England where I'm out for two nights.
0: So I'm kind of figuring that with your teaching and administration job with special education, you're not one to be out traveling the world for, you know, going thousands of miles in your VW van and, you know, wandering away from home for months at a time?
1: My wife and I, and with our daughter at the time, our our daughter is a high school principal now, and she's 49 years old, but when she was young, we traveled back and forth across the United States. We drove back and forth across the U.S.A., that's when she was five, and two years later, when she was seven, we drove out west across Canada and down to San Francisco, and then back across the U.S. So we made two transcontinental trips, but just for the fun of it. So basically, the first time we went across country and back, we took Interstate eighty, and the second time we went across the Trans Canada Highway, but we came back on Interstate eighty. And a few years ago, I decided I had written a couple of trucker songs. And The only trucks I've ever driven were U-Haul vans, and I I don't know if that counts or not, and I've only driven them locally, moving from one point of New York City to another, so not much experience there. But I do have a friend, her first name is Ada, who has a cousin who's an interstate trucker. Uh, His name is Scott, and there was a little discussion that I had discovered that if you're driving across country and you're on your way back to New York City, That if you stop to eat in Toledo, Ohio, and you drive all night long, you could make New York City (laughs) at dawn. And this is something that apparently people who drive for a living know also. So that became a theme around which to build a song, or just a little grain, not so much a theme. The theme is transcontinental uh, trucking. And what I did is I took an old railroad song, 900 Miles, and I kept the refrain. I kept kind of the, the little coda. And I rewrote the basic tune. The original kind of goes up and down melodically, and I just kind of have it as a descending scale, a minor scale to a point. And then put my new words together with this refrain that is borrowed entirely from the original Railroad song, and I, I made a new song out of it. And I should mention that some of the people who do accompaniment for me, I play guitar on a, most of my recordings. I've done a little bit of banjo, and I've done some... Uh, Appalachian Mountain Dulcimer, but mostly I stick to guitar. And so if you hear a banjo and a guitar, the guitar is uh, my own and the banjo is someone else. So there's this woman, Robin Greenstein, a very, very good musician who I have as my banjo player on a lot of my recordings, and a woman named Gina Tlamsa, T-L-A-M-S-A, who plays fiddle on a lot of my recordings. You can hear uh, what they do on some of these songs. And on Truckers 900 Miles, I actually asked Robin as kind of a counterpoint to, on the banjo, try to play the original tune as an accompaniment to my new melody, and I, I think it
0: works out. And the song is Trucker's 900 Miles by Steve Suffett and all those folks he just mentioned.
2: I'm rolling down the road Got a 24-ton load This rig is the only thing I own And if I run her ride, home tomorrow night cause 'Cause I'm 900 miles from my home and I hate to hear that lonesome diesel blow that long whistling down I ride this road the most when I roll from coast to coast Frisco back to New York town every breakdown and delay the lonely day, cause I'm 900 miles from my home, and I hate to hear that lonesome diesel blow, that long whistling down, I blew through Chicago just about an hour ago, Toledo is where I'll chow tonight. If I roll the whole night long I'll hit Jersey just at dawn Cause I'm 900 miles from my home And I hate to hear that lonesome diesel blow That long whistling down Gonna climb that ridge and roll across that bridge I'll drop my load and head straightway for home For a day or two and then I'll be on the road again I'll be 900 miles from my home And I hate to hear that lonesome diesel blow That long whistling down
0: So we've got in today for Song of the Soul for Steve Suffet. We've had a, a waltz, of course, we had to have. We've had a mining song. We've had a train song. And now we've had a trucker song. So I think he is certifiably an old-fashioned folk singer.
1: And, and I have a union song coming up.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that'll cap off the whole thing. and
1: That'll cap off. Uh, got my union in it. Uh, this
0: is a seamless garment. It's the complete thing. It's the real McCoy.
1: Yes, and I've I've been a member of, uh, let's see how many unions, uh, so I guess in my life I've been a member of five different unions. But anyway, I, I wrote this song because I had been invited to provide some entertainment at a luncheon for a union, the Organization of Staff Analysts, which is a very small municipal union, independent municipal union in New York City, so I was invited to sing some songs at a luncheon of the union. Right before I went there, my wife and I stopped off at a coffee shop, and but literally on my napkin, I started writing out these words. <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. I didn't save the napkin, though. I guess I should have. But this is a song that was really written on a napkin, and then 20 minutes later, I sang it for the first time, and it seemed to work.
0: It does work, and the song is by Steve Suffet. Steve, thank you so much for being here for Song of the Soul. I really hope that you and Pat Lamana have a great time in London.
1: Well, thank you. I, I hope I'm well enough to go, and I'll... Say a Thank you to Pat Lamanna for passing my name along.
0: So we're going to finish with Steve Suffett's song, Got My Union. It's in the collection, Folk Singer's Fancy. It also has Anne Price featured in this song. So here's Got My Union by Steve Suffett, and we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Got my union to my left, got my union to my right, got my
3: union front and back, got my union day and night. Got my union to my up, got my union to my down I got my union all the way around
2: I work nine hours every day upon my feet My boss, he lives way down on Easy Street I make him a dollar, he pays me just a dime And every time I holler He says it's a bloody crime.
3: Got my union to my left. Got my union to my right. Got my union front and back. Got my union day and night. Got my union to my up. Got my union to my down. I got my union all the way around.
2: I had a gal. Her name is Polly Ann. She ran off with the mortgage finance man First he took my money, then he took my home Then he took my honey and left me all alone
3: Got my union to my left, got my union to my right Got my union front and back, got my union day and night Got my union to my up Got my union to my town, I got my union all the
2: way around. One of these days we're gonna rise and shine, we're gonna hold the fort. we're gonna hold the line, dump the bosses off our backs, don't listen to their lies, solidarity forever means don't monorganize. Got my union to my left
3: Got my union to my right
2: Got my union front and back
3: Got my union day and night Got my union to my up Got my union to my down I got my union all the way around Got my union to my left Got my union to my right Got my union front and back Got my union day and night, got my union to my up, got my union to my down. I got my union all the way around.
0: The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.